Welcome to A Better Way Podcast with your host, Ryan Haley. Learn to excel in business God's way, where the supernatural meets the practical. Experience a better way to succeed and learn from real-life business owners and entrepreneurs who have prospered in unconventional ways. Be inspired by their true stories and realize that prayer can become your practical source of provision when you embrace walking by faith and not human sight. And now, here's your host, Ryan Haley. Welcome to A Better Way Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Haley, and this week's episode is me being interviewed by my friend Tyler McCart on his podcast called The Kingdom Success Podcast. Definitely encourage you to check that out, and he will be airing this on his platform in a couple weeks, but I wanted to put it on A Better Ways Podcast as well because Tyler and I share a deep appreciation and revelation for God's grace and rest and this toil-free life from living under the gospel, out from underneath the curse. And that's where the name of this podcast comes from. I know it's a little controversial and attention grabbing, but it is the first sentence in chapter one of my book about where I talk about how I believe that hard work is ungodly. And I know that sounds heretical and that may be offensive, but just please listen to our conversation as we unpack the truth of that biblically as well as experientially. So please enjoy this interview on Tyler McCart's podcast called the Kingdom Success Podcast. I hope this encourages you and sets you free from strongholds that have to do with legalism and self-effort and that you are brought into that revelation of God's grace and rest. And we will look forward to talking to you next week and fairly soon. Watch out for that interview where I will have Tyler on my show as well. Enjoy. So what's going on, Kingdom Success listeners? I know you guys are just stepping into our conversation with Mr. Ryan Haley and I, and I would just want to welcome you in to that conversation. And also, I just want to, you know, formally let Ryan know that we're recording right now. And Ryan, I hope you're okay with that. You're good? Yes, sir. <laughs> you're already calling me sir, man. I mean, Ryan, <laughs> you and I are the same age, basically. I'm 42. You're almost 40, right? Yes, sir. Next month, I will be uh, 40 years old. But I believe, Ryan, that comes from a little bit of that military background that you have. Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, I think I just kind of say it lightheartedly and, you know, uh, in, a, in a relational way. But uh, it's just become kind of a, a default sometimes. But, I, you know, I think it's a good way to, to show respect and honor, too. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. I love it. So, so guys, as you guys knew, uh, I did talk about this book uh, a couple episodes ago. I'll actually reference that episode that I actually mentioned the book uh, in the show notes down here. But uh, a better way, God's design for less stress, more rest, and greater success is Ryan's book that we're going to actually kind of use as a background uh, for our outline. But really, you know, Ryan, like I said, you know, before we got uh, recording here, we're going to have a conversation and I want to kind of dive off the, the diving board with you of why you are so performance driven, why Ryan Haley was like, I got it. I got an underline right here. Live by performance, die by performance. 
All right. So let's jump off the diving board with that right there, brother. Okay. Because my listeners, I mean, here we're talking about success and my listeners have heard me multiple times talk about that, you know, they don't have to be performance driven. Okay. That this is the wrong mindset in the kingdom and you've been reborn, Ryan. Right. I mean, from this whole mindset. And so take us where you're at, just, and then kind of tell, take us through that journey. I just really want to talk about this journey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think part of it is just my natural wiring. You know, I've always been since a young age, pretty, um, goal oriented, you know, uh, definitely value excellence and saw a lot of benefits from that growing up, studying hard in school, you know, going to college, getting into the military. And I think I was already, I already had that disposition and that kind of mindset going in. And there's a lot of really good things about that. And the world rewards that. And then it was just, you know, cultivated and brought to, I think, a new level from my military experience. And there's, there's, I think the Lord really did use that as a foundation for a lot of habits that are serving me now. But inevitably, if we're relying on our own human strength, effort, and wisdom, it is amazing what human beings can accomplish, even apart from God, because we're made in his image. But what I found was there was a very high price to pay for that performance, that driven, what I call fleshly toil, you know, where we're working by our own strength and not the Lord's. And eventually at some point in life, I think everybody's going to have one of those stories where they crash and burn, whether figuratively or literally. And for me, that kind of culminated in a helicopter crash I had in 2007. I was a Navy helicopter pilot. And that really brought me, that was the end of a long season of drifting from God and going my own way and reaping that fruit. Because you, you, were, you were a Christian. I mean, you grew up in a kind of a Christian home. I, yeah, I did. And I think yeah. that's another uh, layer of this too, is that I think the, at least the American church that I grew up in doesn't come out and say it, but whether implicitly, explicitly, or just through cultural osmosis, there is a very implicit, uh, if not explicit performance orientation in our very relationships with God. You know, I always had a strong sense of right and wrong morality, uh, doing the right thing, trying to avoid doing the wrong thing. And again, that's a good thing in its place. But that combination of my natural wiring and personality with that kind of Christian uh, performance orientation, as well as the military, all kind of came together in this soup, this alchemy that yeah. uh, that ended up taking a really you know heavy toll on me. And another thing that is part of that, I think, natural wiring that I have, I've also had a tendency to be anxious or overwhelmed. And it's, uh, it's something that I've had to deal with throughout my life and, and still do. But I think that the big turning point for me uh, was number one, that helicopter crash in 2007 that brought me back to the Lord after growing up in a Christian home for most of my life and then drifting for many years before that. Wow. But what really was the game changer for me in terms of this whole transition or transformation, if you will, from performance to rest and grace was reading a book by Joseph Prince in 2015 or so called Destined to Reign. And then I read another book after that called 
uh, unmerited favor. And I initially thought that Joseph Prince was one of these heretical, you know, health and wealth teachers, prosperity gospel guys, which now I realize there is no such thing as a prosperity gospel. There's just the gospel, which contains (laughs) salvation, healing, deliverance, and prosperity all rolled into one. But the big thing for me that I took from that was the gospel is that the essence of the gospel is that we get to enjoy the benefits of Jesus's perfection, his performance in his life. You know, he said he came to fulfill the law and that means he, not us, right. He did it on our behalf. And so we get to enter in from the fruit of his labor, his perfection, his sinless life. And I think there's this sense in a lot of Christian circles that we have to, you know, we, we all know that it, we're saved by grace, you know, through faith, not of our own work or efforts so that no man may boast. But then we act as if once that happens, now it's on us right. to do the right thing and be obedient and do all these good things for God. And that is if, if the most important transaction in the entire universe, which is our eternal salvation is completely a free gift of God by his grace and not our work or performance, then does it even make any sense that continuing on past that we would then be left to our own to, to walk this out without his help. And emphatically, I have found the answer is no. And as I've stepped into that revelation of his grace and rest and trusting him to do more for me than I ever could on my own, I've seen amazing things happen. And it's been a real paradigm shift and transformative game changer for me. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know, it's, um, I mean, the deception of the enemy is to come in and kind of question what God has already said. And that's what he did in the, in the garden. And, you know, it's almost like, can it really be that good? Mm. <laughs> can, can it really be that good to rest in the Lord? And God's going to do through you uh, what all these goals and dreams and aspirations that you have. I mean, is it, or, you know, it's almost like uh, the unfortunate thing, and you kind of alluded to it earlier, is, is they're extremely smart people. And, I mean, I'm just thinking of one gentleman in particular, uh, and just call his name for who he is, Elon Musk. Uh, I mean, he's doing, he's the Steve Jobs of our, of our generation right now. And you know, both those gentlemen that I'm referencing right now, guess what? You know, to my knowledge, they don't know the Lord, uh, to, to my knowledge. And yet we, we, I hear people, if it's YouTube or if it's a podcast, I hear people analyzing, you know, well, Hey, here's, here's Elon Musk's, you know, schedule. This is how we, you know, checks his emails. This is how he blocks out his time. He only has 15 minutes of, you know, meetings and so forth. So what, what happens is, is the world's way actually works, right? It, it does. But, but what, what you're saying is in essence is that because of what Jesus's model of his life there's a better way like your podcast. Okay. That, yeah, that works, 
but with with the with the Lord's um, how am I saying this, Ryan? With the Lord's, um, I guess, guidance and and working with you and partnership with you, all of those things, such as I'm just using some examples like drug addictions, divorce, uh, you know, children being a you know don't want anything to do with you, all those things that happen to people in the world, right? You don't have to experience that if you decide that, guess what? I'm actually going to do it God's way. <laughs> I mean, you can still do it the world's way of, you know, put your nose to the grindstone like you're saying, of being a hard charger, A-type personality, thinking I'm not going to succeed, but I'm going to succeed. But at the same time, here we go with this whole entire mindset of, okay, well, I just got saved, like you said. And that's great. Now I punch my ticket to heaven, but I've still got to go and work my guts out to be able to get where I need to go. And exactly. Great. I've got my, I got my time. That's kind of, you know, what happens with a lot of us. It's happened to me, right? That's why your book resounded with me so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say guys like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and many others are kind of the prototype of what I have in mind when I say that, you know, it is absolutely remarkable. You might even say miraculous what human beings can accomplish. I mean, we've sent a man to the moon. The things that, you know, humanity has been able to accomplish over the years are breathtaking. And a lot of those people, like you said, don't know the Lord or as far as we know, but we are made in his image. So we do still have his genes, if you will to be able to do amazing things. Amen. And again, there is that reward that you get from doing it the world's way. You know, I studied hard. I worked hard. I accomplished these things in life. I earned this. Exactly. And it's all about earning it and self-effort. And, um, and that will bring you, uh, one of my friends said something I think really stuck with me. He says, there is a difference between results and fruit. Mm. And the way I think of that distinction is, Results are something, there's a linear, a linear correlation between your efforts. You work this hard, you get this outcome. Whereas fruit is not a direct correlation. It, you plant, you water, you give it you know, the right soil and, and sunlight and all these things. But the fruit produces of itself. It's not something that you can directly do. And you set it up for the right environment to be well-nourished. And it's the all-by-itself principle, if you will. Yeah. You know, we plant it and it goes in and somehow it, it grows, but God's the one giving the increase. And so it's kind of like uh, another analogy that I use sometimes is, is setting up an assembly line, which does take some investment up front, you know, of, of capital, labor, time, intentionality systems and all these things. Um, but over time, it will give you a much greater uh, return on that investment as opposed to hand stitching it every single unit, you know, uh, by hand. So you're getting, um, a, a multiplier or a scaling effect. And that's true in business. It's true in financial investing. It's true in everything. And I found it's even more true in our spiritual lives that as I invest in changing these mindsets, these longstanding patterns of thinking, um, which does take some work intentionality. It feels very 
awkward and uncomfortable because we're, you know, wired and programmed a certain way. Right. But I have seen the f- genuine, true, good fruit that comes out of that in many ways, it, you know, in ways I wouldn't have anticipated. Mm. But every time, and that's kind of, you know, as you alluded to in the subtitle of the book, it's called A Better Way, God's Design for Less Stress, More Rest, and Greater Success. And so we don't have to sacrifice excellence results, you know, um, these typical notions of achievement or success, God's going to give us even greater success, but he's going to help us do it in a way that is totally different from the world. Absolutely. And that's, that's the thing is that those things like, you know, whether it be producing a certain product or that may be producing a sale, or that might be, um, you know, engineering something, something that is fantastic. Going back to your, you know, the, the tree or the fruit analogy, you know, that tree, that apple tree is not sitting there going, okay, I got to do this. I got to do this. I'm going to do this. I've got this. I'm going to be consistent this time. This time I'm going to be consistent. I'm going to be disciplined. I've got self-discipline this time. I'm going to make an apple. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And when you sit there and you kind of put it in that context, it's like, Dude, that tree ain't thinking nothing like that at all. <laughs> it ain't coming nowhere near trying to strain or work itself up, trying to sit there and say, okay, this time I'm going to do it. No, it's, it just does it, right? And, you know, I, I, I love that about, you know, what you're talking about, what, what, we're, what we're talking about right here, Ryan. I mean, because this, this has been a revelation for me, you know, a couple of years back, I just arrived at it differently. And, you know, you've put it to book form, which I think is awesome. And um, one of the things in your book, I want to kind of jump into something on the book. And that is you state in the book, actually, I have it, uh, I have my notes right here <laughs> from my Kindle, all printed out and I have it highlighted. One of the things that you say in the book on page five, I have it highlighted in yellow. It says, I believe that hard work is ungodly. <laughs> Talk to me, Ryan, about that. Help me out a little bit. Yeah, well, I know that that could, uh, especially being the very first sentence of chapter one of the book, that can uh, probably be controversial and even maybe seemingly heretical, Um and, you know, no, I, I do that I, as an intention. Hang on, hang on, Ryan. I want to inject it because I've actually, I took that same statement. I've said it to two or three people. <laughs> Watch and out. Boy, yeah, seriously. Boy, I've gotten some weird looks from these individuals whenever I've made that statement to them. It's like, yeah, I think uh, hard work's ungodly. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> So I apologize for interjecting, but go ahead, brother. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, you know, that was by design. Um, I actually, one of my mentors who helped me with the book and uh, has really been a a great source of wisdom for me over the past couple of years, he's a a world-class trainer and speaker. And so we were doing an exercise in um, business school one day, and he is having us walk through these different ways. And um, he said, you know, sometimes it's really helpful to be controversial to say something that you know is going to, you know, get some people's attention, maybe not in a good way at first, but it's good because number one, it gets their attention and you stand out. Number two, it forces you to really have your ducks in a row 
and have a strong supporting argument for what you're saying. And so it makes you accountable to be really able to clearly explain this with a strong basis of support. And that's what I attempt to do in the book. I start with that line and I, I, you know, acknowledge immediately after I say that in the book that, Hey, I know that some of you guys are probably shocked and offended by this, but I promise you, I will unpack this and explain it both theologically as well as experientially from my own life and testimonies. And you do that. You do that in the book. So, you know, kingdom success listener, listen to me, you know, it's not just, I mean, that's what Ryan does in the book. And I just, I just want to, I just want to give props to you, Ryan, that you don't know. It's, it's not something where the theologically and this real expository uh, thing that you do is actually is extremely practical, how you actually bring it all together. And that's why I really enjoyed the book because it wasn't this esoteric thing. <laughs> I don't know how to say that, spell that word. <laughs> okay, it sounds really big. But the, the stories and the practicality and it, even how your journey allowed you to unpack that whole entire thing of that hard work is ungodly. Absolutely. And that was the goal of the book. I appreciate you picking up on that because I had... Before I even started writing the book, I had a whole outline and this whole structure. I was going to try to, you know, unpack these things, you know, in a certain way. And it was just very frustrating, even though I'm naturally very organized and structured. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, Ryan, just tell your story. That's all you need to do. Tell your story and trust me to insert the relevant examples, scriptures, insights, illustrations, et cetera. And uh, from the feedback I've gotten, obviously the Holy Spirit knew what he was talking about. And a lot of people have said the same thing. And that's really encouraging to me because at the end of the day, if it's just all theory, pie in the sky stuff, which I'm, you know, I'm, I can rap on that all day. I, I do love, you know, kind of, uh, you know, philosophy and, and academic concepts. And I have a, a real interest in that. But ultimately, if it's not actually making a bottom line practical benefit in your life, then what's the point? And so that's the whole thing is like, I'm going to address this both scripturally and experientially because they need to come together. Ultimately, if this isn't working for me, then I have no business telling other people, you know, that it's going to work for them. And so that's where I really try to bring these things together. And as far as that quote that you mentioned, that I believe that hard work is ungodly, it's important to define terms and unpack that um, scripturally. And so what what I mean when I say that is that when I talk about hard work, I'm talking about what the Bible defines as toil, Mm -hmm. self-effort, striving, painful labor, right? And we saw, as you mentioned earlier in Genesis, the initial, when sin entered the world in the fall of man and the devil deceived Adam and Eve, you know, that they could be like God, even though they already were, um, he duped them into basically trying to do this on their own. And the first thing that happened was that the ground became cursed because of that. And he said, you know, the Lord, first of all, I want to say the very first thing that happened is even despite that happening, when they were hiding in shame and fear, the Lord himself clothed them and covered their nakedness and their shame and sought them out. So that's a huge thing I want to say, no matter how bad things are for you, how bad you feel, how much the enemy is coming against you, whatever you may have done objectively that's really wrong, the Lord is still gracious and uh, kind and will want to seek you out and restore you to relationship and intimacy with him. And so after he does that, he says, cursed is the ground because of you, you're going to have to, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to have to make these things work. 
And obviously we've seen the agricultural, you know, revolution and all these things, we could do that, but it's not the way God originally designed it. And so when we go through the whole story of the Bible and we get to Jesus, he again, performed the perfect life and sacrifice on our behalf as God and for God. And he now, because of his sacrifice and his life of perfection, we are redeemed from the curse of the law and that toil. And so that breaks that. And he, and it's an interesting uh, analogy that somebody's drawn was that the crown of thorns around his head was uh, literal, but it was also symbolic of you know, the thorns and the thistles that God referenced that we're going to have to work with in uh, Genesis three about how to work the ground. And also he sweat drops of blood in the garden of Gethsemane. Exactly. And so I believe those are uh, types and shadows uh, from the old Testament that Jesus is showing us by his sweat, by his blood, the thorns on his head, he is now redeeming us from the curse of the law and the curse of the fall of man that happened back in Genesis three. And now we have the opportunity to enter in by grace to work by God's limitless abundant power through us. And that does not mean when I say, you know, hard work is ungodly. I don't mean that we're not going to produce excellence, integrity results, you know, that as I try to lay out in the book and in the podcast over and over, we will actually get better results, but it's not by that toil and that striving and self-effort we can have, we have a better way to enter in, to the things that God's called us to do in his way that is so different from ours in the world's. And so that's what I mean when I say, I believe that hard work is ungodly because he will give us uh, one of the verses that really, really uh, encourages me. And was a huge game changer at a certain point in my life is Philippians two 13. And I specifically love that translation in the amplified classic version, which if you don't mind, I'll just go ahead and read that right now because it perfectly. Go right ahead. Cause this is one of my all time favorites as well, Ryan. Praise God. I mean, this one leapt off the page to me when, um, when I was reading, uh, when I was actually in a, a major transition point in my life, uh, back in 2015. And so what it says is this is Philippians two thirteen, the amplified classic. In fact, actually, you know what? I think I'm going to go with the Amplified because it's got a slightly different twist. It's very similar. But so this is what Philippians 2.13 says. For it is not your strength, but it is God who is effectively at work in you, both to will and to work. That is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. And I think we only get part of that at best sometimes that God gives us a purpose and a mission in life and that it's our hard work that, that makes that happen. And that's not what this verse says. It says that God is the one who's creating not only the longing and the desire, but also the ability, the energy to be able to accomplish that for his good pleasure. So there is such a thing as good works and the, the best work being that of faith and belief in Jesus. As it says in John six twenty nine. this is the work of God to believe in the one whom he sent. And so that's our work is to believe. And when we believe, it's amazing how, again, indirectly kind of with back to the, the fruit, when we get that, when we work on our believing in what Jesus says and in the gospel, then almost automatically and effortlessly, these things start to come to us and God gives us 
the the ability, the energy, the passion, the resources, the connections to make that happen. Now, that's not to say there's not intentionality. There certainly is. But I think the, the biggest intentionality in work, if you will, is to keep our mind right, to keep it focused on God and what he can do for us instead of what we can do for him. And I know, again, that's heretical. But Jesus himself said that the son of man came not to be served, but to serve. Mm, And so by letting God work for us, in us and through us, we are actually honoring and serving him, especially as we live lives that demonstrate the blessings and the fruit that will attract people to us because they see what we have and we want it. And then we get to have an opportunity to share with them not only what we've accomplished, but I think almost more importantly, how we did that, because it's God's better way that's so different from ours. So, so Ryan, let's, let's unpack that, because what, what, what you just read, I have read on my podcast multiple times. And let's, I want you to, let's look at the Ryan before, what would be a day in the life of Ryan before, okay, this revelation and this understanding? And then let's look, let's look at a day in the life of Ryan now, okay? So let, tell me about before. So before, I'll just use an example of when I was uh, flying helicopters in San Diego around 2006, 2007. Um, I had worked hard, you know, to do well in school, get a good job or get a, you know, a scholarship to the Navy ROTC program, became a pilot, a lot of hard work in that. And, um, but because I was so driven and performance oriented, I think at some point along the way, I didn't really believe that God had good things for me. It just all felt like labor, striving, effort, performance, sucking the life out of me, trying to do the right thing. And I became very disenfranchised and just started to, you know, once I got into college, I'd worked hard in, in high school and I started to just enjoy, you know, uh, ride the coattails of my success and achievement and started to engage in heavy drinking and drug use and trying to relax because I think I was so, you know, um, high strung. And again, that's partially just, you know, part of my, my wiring, which is something I'm continuously having to work out with God in partnership with him, but also it just became really unappealing. And so it was like, you know what? I know the Bible says that God's way is better. And I've seen that to some degree, but like, I just want to enjoy myself and relax. And, you know, I, I just think that this is, um, this became, it wasn't a conscious thought, but it became more appealing. So by the time I got to that point, I was just discussing in 06, 07 flying helicopters, I had become kind of burned out and, you know, I was showing up half-heartedly to work, you know, living this blessed life, you know, in San Diego as a young naval officer flying helicopters, have my own condo, my own BMW, looked like everything was great from the outside. But inside, I was becoming uh, more and more dead uh, on the inside. And so to numb that pain and distract myself, I would just, you know, it's kind of in the spin cycle of show up to work, do the minimum I can, get out as soon as I can, watch TV, you know, drink heavily, blackout on the weekends, repeat. And, um, that became very toxic, unhealthy, and ultimately, you know, I think led me to a point once I had crashed the helicopter where I couldn't distract myself anymore with these things and kind of sweep that under the rug. It was too big. And so it brought me to my senses, kind of like the prodigal son eating pig slop, if you're familiar with the uh, (laughs) parable in the New Testament. 
Yep. And I was just like, you know what? This is wrong. Like God, he does have good things for me. I've seen how doing it my way, where that got me and it's not a good place. And so now, you know, I, just to give you a, an idea of where I am now, I haven't worked, you know, a job as an employee for three and a half years or so. Um, in that time, I've had more than enough for my needs and desires, been able to give very generously and also, you know, through uh, godly wisdom and uh, stewardship, I, my net worth has increased significantly over that time through a number of investments and opportunities. And so now, you know, I guess the day I'd fast forward to would be last year, I think it was September, it was 1 p.m. on a Monday, you know, and I now I'm not in school. I don't have a full time job. I'm just working from home. And I'm kind of stressing out about like, all right, God, what's going on here? I need to, you know, we need to have a game plan. Like I need to get these ducks in a row. What, what's what's going to happen? And the Lord just kind of arrested me in that moment. He's like, just stop for a second. Look up and open your eyes, Ryan, right now. And I look up and I'm in my backyard in this beautiful house in Woodland Park, Colorado on a beautiful day in a place where many people will spend thousands and thousands of dollars and precious time off from a vacation from their jobs to come here. And this is just a day in the life. It's 1 p.m. on a Monday. This isn't like some special, you know, day. This is just my regular life. And he's like, what's the problem? What are you worried about? Like, how are you not, you know, able to enjoy the blessing I've given you in this moment? And it just hit me, you know, like, yes, God has plans for me. And this isn't by any means the end of the road, but it's a pretty good place to be at right now. And so that's (laughs) something I have to keep coming back to over and over just to be, you know what, God, I am so blessed. I'm so grateful for everything you've given me. I know you've got amazing, amazing things in the future, you know, planned for me, but I'm really trying to um, change my thinking now to be more focused on the present and enjoy life as I'm living it instead of just, you know, shutting my eyes, you know, kind of putting my head down and working to get to the next goal or achievement, which is very, you know, short lasting and then go to the next one. And so it's, it's being able to enjoy the fruit of our labor and also enjoy the present moment, um, not deferring our hope or gratification for the future um, to an unhealthy degree, which is my tendency, but to enjoy the blessings we have right now, knowing that more will come. So this, this is good, Ryan. You're setting, this is good conversations because I just want to un, unpack what you just said. So if I'm hearing you correctly, all right, so back before the helicopter crash, okay, the Ryan, let's, let's call you the hardworking Ryan, all right, the driven, you know, performance-driven guy. I've got goals. I've got ambitions. I'm, I'm doing this. If it's up to if it's going to be, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. Okay? But at the same time, I, and I'm just, you know, correct me if I'm wrong about this, but I'm still going to church or I'm still Christian. I still love Jesus. I, if you ask me today, if you, if you ask the Ryan, then I, he would have said, yeah, I, I, lo- I love Jesus, right? Is that right? Well, Ross? yeah, for a while that was the case. And okay. then, like so I for, said, by the time, okay, yeah, so for a while. Because here's, here, here's what I think. Here's what I keep hearing. Here's what I hear. So, and it kind of alludes back to this whole entire verse that you read in Philippians, you know, 2, uh, 13. So here, here Ryan was, driven guys. He, he's doing his thing. And all of a sudden I hear the key word burnout. Yes. I I hear this where he can't sustain this, this life he's living. He can't sustain it at all for the long term. 
which I've been there, done that, got the popcorn and the Coke. Okay. So I've done it. You can't sustain it. So all of a sudden, instead of turning to daddy God as your source, because based upon the Philippians 2.13, we start filling our lives with other things, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be porn, whether it be another woman or another man, whatever, whoever, how you want to put it, you're looking for some kind of outlet to satisfy or get you away from this reality of, I can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm tapped out, right? That's exactly right. And so then all of a sudden you make the shift to say, you know, this, this is ridiculous. I can't do this. I, I can't sustain this. What do I do? And you, you turn to the Lord and flash forward to that day that you had in, in that awesome house and everything you were experiencing and you were doing well financially, you're doing well, you know, from a, you know, job standpoint or business standpoint, so forth, Ryan. But then all of a sudden, instead of turning to something that could have filled that craving of like, oh man, God, what's going on? All of a sudden, the Lord says, ah, the word, his word came to you, Ryan, because you had made him your source. And all of a sudden he could talk to you and say, hey man, why don't you look up? Why don't you just kind of take a sneak peek around you and look at (laughs) everything that's going on, everything good that's going on in your life. And instead of you going back to the old Ryan and the old hardworking Ryan and saying, okay, I, I, I just got to fight through this. I've got to have a goal. I'm going to write down my goal and ask the Lord maybe to bless it later on. And I'm going to work this as hard as I can. And then burnout happens again. And when the burnout starts happening, we turn to other things that can fill that void that only God can fill. Okay. And my kind of packaging that all right, Ryan, I mean, that's, that's basically kind of what, what, what was going on, the dynamic right there. Absolutely. And that what you said about burnout and the unsustainability of it is key right. because this is another element of, even though God's grace and his ways seem totally foolish and crazy and counterintuitive to us, um, there is an undeniable wisdom to it as well, because even if you're able to sustain your brutal workload or schedule, um, you know, like these guys like Elon Musk and Steve Jobs were doing. I mean, look what happened to Steve Jobs. He got cancer at the end of the yeah. day and died. And now I don't know for sure how that cancer came, but there's no doubt whatsoever that he also burned a lot of bridges, you know, in his own life relationships. And that's what you typically say for even for the people who can somehow sustain that uh, endless grind. They're going to pay for it in other ways that are not sustainable. No matter how much they're achieving in their business, they're going to sacrifice something along the way, whether it's marriage, family, health, relationships, peace, and joy, there will be some kind of trade-off. And that's what I mean when I say live by performance, die by performance, because Mm -hmm. even if you quote unquote succeed in the world's eyes, you are failing in some other area. And that is a trade-off you don't have to make when you're doing things God's way in the kingdom. You can maintain 
the depth and the intimacy in your family life. Um, you can have good health. You can sustainably pull this whole thing off because you're doing it God's way. And again, I believe if you're really doing that and you're channeling that same, you know, I don't want to um, give the wrong idea that uh, hard work in the sense of being disciplined and diligent and intentional and purposeful about your work is bad. It's just that for me, I had to surrender that, submit that to the Lord to let him use it and channel it in a healthy way, because he made me that way for a reason. And the, the example I would think of that really uh, exemplifies this really well is, is the apostle Paul, who as most people know, was, you know, the murderous uh, rage filled Pharisee who had a zeal for God without knowledge. He thought he was really doing the Lord's will by killing these Christians. And he thought he was really being a a good, a good uh, follower of the Lord. And eventually the Lord had to, you know, knock him off his donkey and show him that you're persecuting me in doing this. And that radically changed him. So you see that the old Pharisee Saul, what you want to call hardworking Ryan, maybe, became the ultimate ambassador unapologetically of God's grace. And look all at all the things he accomplished and what he was able to endure. He endured more hardship than most people in this world will ever know. Right. And yet he had joy and peace and thanksgiving throughout all of it because he was fueled by the Lord and he was submitting that, you know, really intense zeal and drivenness that God gave him as a gift that had become a curse and then was re- transformed, if you will, or repackaged into this way that was submitted to the Holy Spirit, where he still was able to get all the benefits of that without the downside. And again, some people say, well, he had a lot of downside, shipwreck and famine and all these kinds of things, but yet God's grace gave him the ability to work through that and to be grateful and content and humble in the midst of it. So, um, you know, it's not that these things are bad in and of themselves. It's just like money, fire, water, or anything else. It's a neutral tool that is either evil or good, depending on the heart and intention of the person who wields it. Amen. And, you know, one of the things, just to kind of piggyback, one of the things I have highlighted right here uh, from your book is, is in the world, people chase after money and success, you know, but in the kingdom, money and success chase after you. I think that's a powerful statement right there, Ryan, uh, that you say. And, you know, I think just in kind of wanting just to kind of wrap all this down, because um, we could talk about this for a long time, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing is, is that, and one of the things I, I, I do want you to hit on is, so if I'm, if I'm, tw- if I'm 20 to say we're, if I'm 25, if there's a 25-year-old Ryan, okay, there's 25-year-old Ryan Haley, and you could go back and try to impart some of this. And you, this Ryan Haley is going to listen this time. He's actually going to he's going to listen. Okay, <laughs> he's he's willing to listen. You know, he might be. Uh, this Ryan is either in sales or he might be an engineer or he might be in the military. Who knows what he's doing? Uh, you know, but he's, he's got a zeal and desire to, to do it God's way and to live an extraordinary life. And, you know, Ryan, I want you to talk about, you know, what does it really mean to labor into God's rest? What does that look like on a daily basis? What does it look like when I when that 
when Ryan, that 25 year old has to, you know, he's sitting outside in the parking lot, getting ready to go make a cold call on so-called business, or he's getting ready to, or she's getting ready to stand up and, and make a presentation. What, what does all that mean? How does that work in the, in the real world? Yeah, I think the, the greatest example of this that I can think of to set the stage um, to answer this question is Martin Luther usually prayed for two or three hours a day every single morning uh, before he got really famous uh, after he posted the 95 theses on the Catholic church door and the reformation happened. And then as he got super busy and overwhelmed with his success and fame and this whole movement that was happening, he said, now I need to spend four hours a day in prayer because I'm so busy. And that is to me a very counterintuitive thought process that the busier you get, the more time you need to block out, everything, all the demands of the world and focus on God. And so to your question to 25 year old Ryan or whoever, I would say, number one, you need to know above all else that God is truly good, not just hypothetically, not just theologically, really actually in bottom line, practical, immediate, real ways. And if you believe that enough and you're open-minded, then you'll want to spend more time with him because you believe truly in your heart that he can do more in a moment than you could do in a lifetime. So instead of spending five hours preparing for that presentation or running through your list of cold calls or whatever, why don't you spend an extra hour in prayer and trust that God desires good things for you. He's enabling and empowering you for success. And so trust and believe that in that process, as you spend more time with him, more will actually be getting accomplished for you in these practical ways. And I've got, you know, numerous examples from my life and others that I share in the podcast and the book about how that's the case. You know, that one random idea where you, you tear yourself away from your work and you just go hang out at a coffee shop and then you just randomly have a divine appointment with somebody, you know, who ends up getting a deal through that you could have, you know, not even accomplished a a tiny percentage of that by doing all the, you know, 99 things on your to-do list. And so you never know how the Lord's going to set you up for success in that way, but it it comes down to uh, believing that he's good and trusting that time with him is very well spent and will ultimately lead to productive bottom line results. Amen, dude. That's perfect. Perfect right there. Because, because what, what will happen, what will happen in that, you know, knowing that he's good. So I know now that he's good. I, I, I've got that. All right. Now it's, I'm going to spend this time, whether it be an hour, whether it be five minutes, you know what I mean? <laughs> because what, what happened is, is all of a sudden my heart, because he's, he's, if, if you know, if you know the word, God has actually written all this on your heart. All right. Cause if you're born again, child of the most high God, he's, he's giving you a new heart. Well, he's the one that actually put that heart in you and he's actually written all of the good things. in. so, so what'll happen is when you're spending that time with him in communion and abiding in him, all of a sudden he's going to give you either a thought or he's going to give you a an unction to, hey, maybe I need to send a text message to this person or, mm, you know, yes. what? I need to go to this coffee shop right here or 
maybe all of a sudden you're sitting in your in the parking lot and all of a sudden you know out walks the owner of the company that you've been trying to get to for the last two years right <laughs> right exactly. all because you stopped and you said lord i'm just going to abide in you i'm going to relax rest i'm going to relax i'm not going to try to make this happen lord and all of a sudden out walks the, the gentleman that you need to talk to and the lord goes there he is well, there exactly she is it. right yes. Yes. I mean, it's, it's not this, again, it's not when we sit there and go, okay, you need to spend time and pray. It's not this, well, thou art holy Lord and I will <laughs> worship you and I will adore you. No, get that kind of crap out of your head, right? <laughs> it's, it's actually just having a conversation like how Ryan and I are doing right now. Absolutely. Right? I mean, am I, I hope I'm not you know, going off on tangent with that, Ryan. But no, you're exactly right. And if I know we're getting, uh, we're about to wrap up, but if I could share one perfect example from my own Please. life of how that actually manifested. Um, this was in 2014. I had just uh, recently gotten out of the military. I had been working full-time as a realtor for about six months at this point. And I had a whole miraculous sale, which uh, is this whole own testimony I won't get into now. But so I had a win under my belt pretty quickly in a miraculous way. And I wanted to keep the momentum going. You know, I wanted to, you know, get to the, the next sale. And um, my mom called me one day and she was like, hey, your sister's, you know, as you know, has been in South America for the last nine months and she's about to come home. She's going to be spending the last, you know, 10 days or so in, uh, in Peru at Machu Picchu. And I know you're trying to build your business right now, but the, re the reality is you're going to get busy and you're going to have plenty of success later. But right now you do have the freedom and flexibility to take the time to go see her. I think she could really use some encouragement right now. I think it'd be a good thing for you. I really encourage you to capitalize on this opportunity now while you're not totally busy. And I was not trying to hear that at all, Tyler, at the beginning. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm no way. But I left the door cracked, just a hair for the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay, Lord, if this is really from you, then you're going to have to make it exceedingly obvious to me. I'm going to have to be able to, you know, uh, get a, a great ticket. I'm going to have to be able to, you know, get all these, these, uh, this gear that I need to hike this thing. And things just need to very, very clearly fall into place for me to even consider this. Cause my biggest concern was it was going to hurt my ability to generate business and an income. So sure enough, find this miraculously cheap last second flight. I get over a thousand dollars worth of gear from the family I'm living with at the time. And the wife of this family I was living with in their very nice home in a very nice neighborhood in the Washington DC area. She was like, I really think that you need to do this. I think you should, you should take this time and take this vacation. So everything lined up and just, you know, despite myself, not because of myself, I decided to go had a really great time with my sister on the trips on amazing. One of the seven wonders of the world and had a great connection with her. And then I come home and this is the part that just blew my mind. Um, this family I'd been living with, had worked with a 30 year veteran realtor who helped them buy that house in that nice area and was going to use her as their listing agent when they sold it, which wasn't going to be for at least three or four years in their mind. And for no apparent reason whatsoever, when I walked back through that door, after I got back from that trip, the wife said to me, Ryan, you look different. Your energy is different. I don't know what it is, but this was really good. And you know what? I know we were going to, we we're going to use our other realtor, but you know what? When we sell this house, you're our guy you're going to be our listing agent, which wow. is crazy. I mean, to get yeah. a listing at all usually takes a while in the industry because most people, you know, usually as a new agent, you're going to be working with buyers more than anything. 
Um, but uh, particularly for a house at this price point in this area, you know, people really want an established agent like they had. And so she just does this for no apparent reason. And then about two or three months later, all of a sudden, for whatever reason, this couple gets it in their heart that they have an urgency. They need to sell their house. So now I am the listing agent. Long story short, my first listing ever, we sold it in six days after being on the market to the perfect family we'd been praying for, for $825,000. That is still to this day, the biggest check I've ever received in my life. And it happened because I took a two week vacation at a time that I thought it was going to hurt my ability to generate business. So that's what happens when you tap into God's better way and the unforced rhythms of grace that Jesus talks about in Matthew 11. Boom, 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 baby. I love it. Cause that, that's, that is what happens guys. <laughs> Kingdom success listeners, you know, that's what happens. I mean, I, I don't know how much, how else we can sit there and, you know, tell you more stories, but the, these stories are not just like, you know, one in every hundred or two. I know these happen regularly. I'm promising you. God, that's a good story, Ryan. Praise God. Ryan, um, to my listeners and everything like that, just kind of tell these guys, uh, what's the best way to find you and, uh, to get connected with you, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Tyler. Um, so you can go to my website, which is a better way podcast.com. I'm going to be reworking that and using a, a different domain in the next couple of months here, sometime this year, but you will, uh, if you go to a better way podcast.com, you'll be able to connect with everything, the book, the blog, the podcast, um, coaching, speaking, everything that I'm doing now, you can see all that there and you can sign up for the email list too, where you get, uh, the free weekly blog and uh, podcast episode that I'll be sending out and, uh, yeah, feel free to drop a line. And, uh, I really appreciate you being able to, uh, unpack this with me, Tyler, and in this conversation that we're having, and, uh, it's a real uh, joy and honor to, to be on your show. So thanks again for having me. Absolutely, man. Well, this, this conversation isn't over. Uh, because uh, there's this mindset's got to get uprooted within you know, within our society, within our generation, and you know I I believe that this is just the beginning. I mean, I really do believe this is just the beginning of us talking about living in the blessing and having a toil-free life. Mm. The exact blood that Jesus bled right there in the Garden of Gethsemane, the first drops he ever dropped were right there for us having a toll-free life. Period. Amen. And, Couldn't agree uh, with you more, brother. I'm excited about that, bro. Really, I'm excited about your friendship with me and uh, us being able to talk more about this because every way have you look at it, people are going to uh, find this podcast because it's an evergreen you know, conversation. It really is. So they're going to find this and really dig into it and uh, really be blessed. So again, thank you, Ryan, for being on here, my man. And uh, we'll catch you on the other side, brother. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Better Way Podcast with Ryan Haley. For more information and to discover more episodes, visit abetterwaypodcast.com or search us on iTunes, TuneIn, or any of your favorite online audio sites. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes or send us an email. Have a suggestion for who we could interview next? Let us know on our website. 
finally, a better way is listener-sponsored. Help us to further the message of kingdom entrepreneurship by supporting us financially. You can give online on our website, abetterwaypodcast.com. Again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.